Just enjoying a wonderful day here in Tulsa, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 72 degrees, sunny, and it's Dr. Seuss week. It's a beautiful day in Dr. Seuss world. Yeah. Today, you are you that is truer than true. There's no one alive that is youer than you, yes. Dr. Seuss. Yes, we, we're recording this. Uh, obviously, we record our podcast about a week early, and so this is Dr. Seuss week. It happens to be March the 4th. And so, Dr. Seuss, what, what birthday was it? That's the one thirteen or one seventeen. I forget. Yeah. Somewhere over. Dr. Seuss is really old, and they yeah. want to get rid of him, I guess, for yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, but you know, I don't think he's going anywhere. No. Well, I guess he's. He's going to be alive on my social media. Yeah. He's. You know, he might be in heaven. <laughs> Passive but he's still aggressive alive, protest. Know? Yeah. So. <laughs> so we love Dr. Seuss here, you know, and we, you know, we we promote Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy, and you know, probably. I think he's more intelligent than Dr. Fauci. I think so. You know, Ooh, you know, way more intelligent way more. than Father Fauci. Father Fauci. Yeah. Anyway, you know, on that note, it's good to hear from our <laughs> listeners. Um, you know, um, if you happen to be on social media, you, you can join us, um, Raymond Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram. You can see some behind-the-scenes photographs if if our if Cliffy, Cliffy Pooh takes them. You know, you know, he's our producer there. And anyway, you see some behind-the-scenes photographs here. Grady's attic. We're cleaning it up a little bit. Um, it's getting a little more cleaner. Yeah, and a little bit. Cliffy Poo's been working on it. Cliffy Poo, there's nobody pooer than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the, the original Pooh Bear is you. I mean, yeah, I'm the original Pooh Bear. Yeah. Give me some honey. Give me a nap. I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, we want to hear from you. Actually, you can also send us an email at um, podcast at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot org. And in fact, rhema.org is a website you can go to to find all things Rama. Anything yep. you want to find about Rama, um, you can you can go to rama.org. Well, once again, we are privileged to have Pastor Jerry Weinzerl here. Um, he's from the Detroit, Michigan area, Sterling Heights, Michigan. That's right. Um, you said it's, it's Grace Christian Church, correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. Um, that's Pastor's Grace Christian Church, and and you know we were talking actually before the podcast about. A lot of current event things. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, you know, in 2020 and even before a lot of current events. And we were talking about where the church should lie in current events. I mean, should we comment about every current event? Do we have a stance of, you know, um, stick? Do we stick our head in the do, sand? Do, you know, because hmm. you know, I do? mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that have, have happened here recently. And we were talking about the the makeup of your church, and you know, and, you know. Here in our area, it's kind of Trump country. I mean, you know, um, mm-hmm. um, all 77 counties were won, have been won by the Republican. I um, mean, pretty much if if you put an R in your name in Oklahoma, you're probably going to win. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a red state. We're, in other we're, words. we're a red state, but I don't think your state is as red as, as we are. Um, you know, uh, we're really dark blue. <laughs> you're dark blue. <laughs> we're kind of a dark yes, blue. Yes, and you know, obviously, so. you know, you probably. So, how does the church deal with that? I mean, what's the makeup? You know, in, in your church? Yeah, the, um, yeah. I, I pastor a very diverse church. Uh, we always wanted that. We always. Yeah. My wife and I always said, "Man, let's let's pray and believe God for a real diverse church, color, yeah. ethnicity, everything." And we never got it. I mean, it never happened. We'd have a little bit of diversity come in, and they wouldn't stick around all that long because we were so white, you know. And and you know, and you have but, white teeth too. Not, yeah, and not, I have not, white. Not, not, not just white. <laughs> oh no, here come the white. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. And you're usually tan. I mean, you know. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, you know, I love to be in the sun. Now everybody knows that. And uh, my son, one time, he asked my asked my wife, said, "Mom." Uh, 
which one of dad's parents is black? <laughs> and Joy said, what are you talking about? You know, you know, grandpa and grandma, you know, and uh, he goes, well, then why is dad so black? <laughs> he was pretty young, but anyway, took him a while to figure that one out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a very, it, we moved to the building we're in now almost 14 years ago. And it's on a very, very busy street, very main road at the intersection of two of the uh, biggest cities in Michigan. Uh, the city of Warren is uh, third largest city. Sterling Heights is fourth largest. So we're in a very metropolitan area, a lot of mix, uh, black, white, uh, Hispanic, uh, Middle Eastern, very big Chaldean community around us. So when we moved into that building, we didn't do anything different. We didn't preach different. We didn't do worship different. Nothing different. It's just where we were. Location. It yeah. became a tremendous magnet for a diverse church. And God did it. I mean, yeah. it's not just because we had a good building at a good location. That's good. But God was in it. He answered our prayer. Our church right now is probably 50-50. 50% white, 50% African-American, Hispanic, and, uh, and other. So it's wonderful. I am so privileged to pastor a church like that. But it has its it has its issues, you know. Every it seems like every election season, you know, we go through this again because you know not everybody is is as uh, oh careful about what they post on social media. Well, and we're in a we're in a I don't know what's the word um, a season an epoch of where everything is so polarized. It is totally polar. Yeah. You're right. You're it, right. Well, you know, it, it's you know I I know obviously you. Know, there's a Michigan Ohio State rivalry, mm-hmm. and it's a, you know really, really pretty heated. And, oh yeah, but it's almost the same. I mean, you know, you know, it's like, well, I can't be friends with you because yeah. you're part of a yeah. different political party. Well, the problem yeah. is, your church has both political parties in, in oh, your church. And, absolutely, and, you know, and that creates an issue for some people because some people they were really good friends until somebody shared something on Facebook, and it, it's exactly and, right, and it, and it caused them. And I've had to get up and say, listen, you're posting things on social media in this church, and you don't realize how ugly it got, and you're sitting right across the aisle from the person you got ugly with. You didn't realize they're part of the church you go to, or maybe you did, and you just didn't care. You know, so every four years we go through that. But then every time there's a a disturbance in in our culture, maybe a— uh, police brutality thing. Somebody dies. Somebody gets shot. Something. Something big happens. A riot here or protest there. Uh, it, it it just kind of triggers, uh, you know, people and and they begin to comment. So I've been asked over the especially over the last couple of years, you know. So what is our church's stance? I'm asked that frequently, and it's like I don't want to have a stance on everything. I don't want to be public about. You know these kind of things, but honestly, I've had to. I've had to get, I've had to get public about certain things. You know the George Floyd thing, uh, and you know even beyond that after after George George Floyd. So I've had to speak out on these things. You know when Black Lives Matter, they did a major. It wasn't actually sponsored by BLM, but they were going to be a part of a major major protest march, uh, not far from our church, just a few miles from our church. And I, I made a decision to actually be there for it because I wanted to see. I wanted to be a part of something because, honestly, what they were protesting uh, was, was legit. 
everybody that protested was not legit. Mm. Every issue they protested was not legit. I do not subscribe to some of the, the tenets of some of these organizations. However, there were people, these are human beings that were going to, going to be out there. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this, and I'm gonna, I want to see how it's, how it's handled. And i got to tell you, the one that happened in our city, it was amazing. It was it, very little disturbance, a lot, of, a lot of chanting, a lot of, you know, whatever their slogans were. But it was very, very peaceful, very, very peaceful. Uh, you know, so I've actually immersed myself in some of these things because here's the thing. You know, when, when people say, well, black lives matter, and then somebody says, well, all lives matter. Nobody's going to argue with all lives matter. But one day I realized, and I actually said this from, from the stage, I said, you know, as a white man growing up in the city I grew up in, the family I grew up in, the culture I grew up in, I've never been made, I've never been in a situation where I've been made to feel like my life doesn't matter. I, it's not my experience. And as I sit with certain people and I hear their stories, their lives have been made to feel like they don't matter many, many times. And sometimes it's because of the political situation that they're in. They're made to feel like they matter every few years. Yeah. And, and then not a whole lot changes. But I've never lived in a, in a situation where I was made to feel like I didn't matter. So I've got I've to learn their stories. I want to hear, what is your story? What have you lived through? I've got to tell you, man, it's been eye-opening. It really has. Because it goes beyond the rhetoric that we enter into. It goes beyond the social media snippets of, you know, sniping and snippets. And I'm eyeball to eyeball with somebody. And I'm saying, tell me your story. Well, that's what, I, you know, we teach and I've just been covering it recently in pastoral care here in Raymond Bible Training College, it, it's empathy. Exactly. It, it, it's gaining another person's perspective. It's exactly. seeing through their eyes. It's fit, try, endeavoring to feel what they feel mm -hmm. and enter into it with them. That's, that's, that's exactly that's right. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I found that uh, I was pretty ignorant <laughs> of a lot of things. I, I was pretty ignorant about a lot of things that, that have gone on. I've never been... Uh, uh, pulled over for uh, DWB, driving while black. Mm. I've never been pulled over for that. I don't have a context for that experience. So I, wanna, I wanted to hear these kind of stories, and it, it, it was pretty eye-opening. Uh, so, so that's helped me gain perspective. It's helped me when I need to address these things, to address them in a way that is empathetic, it, 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 I, I may not be able to change things for them as, as, a, as one individual, but I can at least be empathetic with where they've been, where they've come from, right. and try to see what they see. It's helped yeah. me tremendously in, in, in it's scriptural. It's scriptural. It is. And, and I think also, too, I, I know one thing you talk about a lot is, is knowing God. Mm. But do pastors really know their their congregation members? Do they know their church members? No, you know because you know we, we say we, we don't really can't know God until we know God. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know your church members, you don't know their experiences. And you know, and, and even that's the great thing about you know here on our podcast, we invite people in come tell us your story. Yeah. You know, and then you know once you kind of learn someone's story, you you, you kind of learn well how they think, what they think, because of what they've been through, because mm -hmm. everything that we do is is 
really because of things that life has thrown us. And that's our mentality, our mindset, you know, gets, you know, we, every, every time we, we, you know, the first time you touch mm-hmm. the, the burner on a stove, we probably all did it at some point in time, or, or the first time you stuck something in a light socket and you mm-hmm. found out, well, that's hot or that shocks, or, yeah. you know, yeah. I can't do that anymore. And so what mm-hmm. happens is, you you know, there comes to a point like, man, why, you know, how can they can do that? But I can't do that. That's just not, it's not right. You know, so. No, it's true. But it's, it's important to know people. You know, pe- people don't mm-hmm. care how much you, you, you know until the until you learn to, yeah. how much you no, care. Much well, you the whole know. issue of, of, of empathy is, I mean, it's it's bearing one another's burdens. It's weeping with those that weep. It's mm-hmm. rejoicing with those that rejoice. It, it's, right. it's thoroughly scriptural. Yeah, It is. And if if you think that you can only make a difference if you, if you agree with what they're saying, right. you don't have to agree. I mean, there are things that I've exactly. heard, and people have had these attitudes and opinions. I don't agree with them, but that's that's it. Actually, becomes irrelevant mm-hmm. to the issue. But we need I to understand. I need to understand. Yeah. See, we we have this group in our church called Bridge Builders, and one of the rules of this group, because it's an ethnically diverse group, to work through, talk through, try to understand these issues. Uh, part of the group is working through a book called. Uh, uh, the Third Option by Miles My- McPherson, pastors out in San Diego, I believe it is. And it, it's phenomenal, The Third Option. You know, when Joshua, uh, talking to God, you know, he sees this, uh, uh, turns out it's it really is the uh, an angel of the Lord, and it's manifestation of the Lord himself. And he says, hey, are you with us or with our adversaries? And he said, no. Either one. Uh, you know, it's like, are there only two options? No, listen, tell you what, not your side, not their side, I'm on God's side. That, that's, that's a third option. So, you know, I tell, we, we've come to this conclusion with bridge builders that it's, simple, it's simply this, we're going to stay in the room. We're not leaving the room. That doesn't mean it's a never-ending meeting. It just means that in our hearts with each other, no matter how difficult this conversation gets, no matter how mad we might get at each other, and it might even be offensive for a while, we are not going to leave the room. We are committed to each other, and we're going to help navigate this church through these waters that are shark-infested. And, I mean, there are gators everywhere, man. They're just nipping at your heels. But we're going to stay in the room. We're going to work through these things, yeah. and we're going to be an example. I believe God wants to use our church and other churches to uh, bring a reformation to the ethnic uh, issues in in our city, you know, Detroit has a an amazing past, but it's also got a very violent past. I mean, the city is now recovering like I never thought I I would see it's recovering, and uh, it 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 truly is amazing because through the '60s, especially the riots of 1967, I mean, the city was burned down, and and it just never has recovered until the last probably five, six years. Wow. It's an amazing renaissance that our city's going through. So I want to see that. I want to see that in the suburbs. I want to see that between the blacks and whites. I want to see a a renaissance of unity. This is not just an American problem. It's not. No, it's not. This is a problem everywhere. It goes back to Bible days. I mean, look at at the uh, the Samaritans. And, you know, they they were shocked. They were... They were pretty perplexed that Jesus chose to go through Samaria. 
They didn't want to go through Samaria. They went a different way. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing that these race issues, these uh, issues that divide us, it, it's always been this way. And it's this way in other parts of the country, talking to a guy that is in my class that I'm teaching here at Rama, uh this, this week. And he's Indian, but he's from a part of Indian where they're very light-skinned. So when he goes into another part of India where they're much darker-skinned, he is, he is uh, there's, there's so much prejudice against him because he's a light-skinned Indian. Mm-hmm. They treat him terribly. He's lived in, what was it, Tanzania, I believe it is. Yeah. And he said that uh, because of the color of his skin, the, the black population there, man, the, the, uh, the treatment that he gets is just horrendous sometimes because of the color of his skin. This is a sin problem. It's not a skin problem. Yeah, yeah. And, true. And if we don't treat it that way, we're never going to win this battle. It's a sin problem, not a skin problem. So, you know, so, so people will ask me, so, okay, we got this issue and this issue. How are you going to deal with that? We've had violence, you know. We, we know we had violence in, in Washington, and we had crazy stuff happen in other cities. I said, what are you going to say about these things? I've learned that I, I need to take a stand. I need to say something so that it's not like, hey, these horrible things are happening in our culture. Pastor Jerry just ignores it and preaches you know, on faith or whatever. This is my city. This may not work for everybody else. It sure, may not yeah. even be needed in everybody else's city or their church. So I came, I came into a, a service, and I was ready to preach, but I said, so I'm going to tell you what my stand is because people are asking on the violence that we've just gone through. So I made this, I made this statement. I don't know if you want me to read you know, what yeah, I read. Because I read this to the church, and I, I said, number one, number one, violence to achieve a goal is never okay. It's never okay in any city by any people for any reason. So there's my stance on violence. Number two, selective disgust is not acceptable. You can't be disgusted by this violence and kind of wink at it over on this other side. Mm -hmm. It's either acceptable or not acceptable. Don't be selective. And, you know, we can't do that. Number three, if you're not praying for, not against, but for leaders and those in authority, uh, as as Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy two, then you're part of the problem. You need to be praying for leaders, those in authority. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what political party you are. And it they doesn't. Are. It's it doesn't. They've been put in authority to lead you, and you know. That's right. And here's the thing that I tell people because the Apostle Paul did not say if you pray for leaders, those in authority, it's going to get peaceful around you. It's not what yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. He said, you will lead a quiet and peaceable life. Mm-hmm. That's an inside thing. I'd rather have inside peace than outside peace any day. Yeah. Because outside peace, is, it doesn't last. And if you, know, if, you, if you know the history, the authority he was under at the time of that writing, it's not peaceful. Boy, you're not kidding. Yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> I mean, these, these people served under leaders like Nero. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I mean, there was not peace, especially Mm-mm. for the Christians. Psycho. And, and he's telling them, pray for those guys. Yeah. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like Daniel, you know, when he interprets the dream. And he said, you know, he goes, listen, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I wish that this dream, because it was, it was devastating. I said, I wish this dream was for your enemies and not for you. Yeah. 
I mean, this is a demon-possessed man that kidnapped this boy mm-hmm. and raised him up in all kinds of ungodly stuff. And he's saying, I wish this wasn't about you. I mean, uh, man, you, you're talking about a uh, – that, that's a mindset that we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an honor mindset. Honor issue. It's yeah. an honor issue. Uh, but I don't agree with Biden. I don't agree with Trump. Who cares? Pray for him. Mm-hmm. Well, well, obviously, in, in your state, a lot of people didn't have not agreed with your governor and the way they the way she's right. handled the COVID situation. But that's it, right. It still means we need to pray for her. And um, you do, you know. And obviously, I I, I believe you know, like I you know no matter if you have a Democrat governor or a Democrat president or a Republican president or governor, you know if if a leader of your state asks you to be involved in some some you know thing, come pray mm-hmm. at some. You're going to be there, yeah. you know, because you want to support, you know, our leaders because that's what we do. Because, Absolutely. You know, you know some of us as as pastors, we get called upon to to be a part of some mm-hmm. kind of um, group, you know, that you know to, you know, to, you know, and, and we need to be a part no matter no matter who calls us. And that's right. You know, I'm I'm willing to you know, be there mm-hmm. if President Biden wants us to be a part of anything. I mean, I'm on a plane to D.C. to, to be involved in that. You said, well, well, you would do that? Absolutely. Certainly. You know, because, you know, it's it's not, not about the man. You mm-hmm. know, it's about my country. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, right. I'm a proud American. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and whoever gets elected, that's who gets elected. I mean, I believe in two things. I believe in, in praying and I believe in voting. You that's, know, and, and, and I also good. believe in every vote count, being counted. But, you know, that's a whole other subject as well. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, that's. You know, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, listen, we're flashlights and salt shakers. Mm-hmm. We're salt and light. And, uh, you know, I was asked, it was about a year and a half ago, to come and open the Senate in Michigan with prayer. Mm-hmm. I was, what an honor. What an yeah, honor. I'm an standing honor. before yeah. the, the leaders of our state, yeah. you know, speaking into their lives and praying into their lives. What an incredible honor. Yeah. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I really believe God used it. Yeah. So, well, and actually, you know, our um, our governor here, Governor Stitt, you know, he's 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 a good man. His his son of a pastor. I mean, in fact, my my, my father has preached for Governor Stitt's father. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, at that time, he was a pastor in Alabama. At that time, and mm-hmm. then he, then he later on moved to Norman, Oklahoma, and Governor Stitt, you know, grew up in. And, and Norman, a good Christian man. Ever, I mean, ever since he's been elected, it's been all about the, the church, and you know, and he's awesome. you know, yeah. you know, and um, you know, I, I went to an event at, at the um, there's governor's governor's mansion, and my, my dad couldn't couldn't be there, but he had governor said had everybody kind of introduce himself, mm-hmm. and after I got through introducing, he, he says, I just want to tell you, you know, that the that Craig, um, his dad and I were texting buddies, you know, and, and so <laughs> awesome. you know. You know you know, we, we text each other and, you know, and, you know, my dad, every Sunday, he, he'll, he'll text Governor Stitt, you know, an inspirational you know, message. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a lot, you know, probably what he's going to preach on that, you know, that morning. And obviously Governor Stitt has, has texted my dad a number of times about certain things that we as churches, you know, not, not everyone needs to know, but some sure. things we need to pray about. That's you know, awesome. Some, 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 you know, and, and, you know, they're texting buddies. Now, my, he also mentioned his other texting buddy was Toby Keith. He says, but Pastor Hagen's texts are a little more spiritual than Toby Keith's. <laughs> you know, so that's, you know, that's a pretty good mix. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it is is interesting. Yeah. You know, I, um, 
I, I had That's the privilege cool. to to um, just had dinner the other night with um, um, Representative Mark Wayne Mullen from here from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was here at Winter Bible Seminar. He was Seminar. here at Winter Bible Seminar here, here awesome. at our, our church. Um, you know, wonderful man. He's District Two, and you know, um, mm. you know, here in Oklahoma, and just a a, a, a great man. And, That's and it was, awesome. It was, very just proud a, of him. You know, very mm-hmm. very proud of what he's become. He's 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 a, a businessman. He has a he has a plumbing company here in Oklahoma. You know, and he, I mean, I tell you what, you know, we you know we, we can't have an, an you know we, we have some yeah. some wonderful leaders, you know, here here in Oklahoma, and I'm sure in other states as well. But you know, no matter whether they're friends or no matter whether you're maybe you're you're not mm-hmm. necessarily politically involved with them, we should pray for. Well, listen, yeah. we have a we have a Ramagrad, a husband and wife Ramagrad in Michigan that uh, in the next uh, the next go round with elections. It's going to be running for a high office. I think more Christians should be involved. Yeah, you sure. Know, you know, I, know, I think just because, you know, some people are called to the ministry and some people, I, I believe, are, are called to, 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 to run for politics yeah. and, and to, to be a part of that of that process. You know, some, some people think that that's a, you know, they're saying, well, there's, there's a lot of corruption in, in politics. There's a lot of corruption in the ministry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just flat out, we, we, we all know. Now, maybe mm-hmm. some of you guys don't see all the corruption, but, but we've all seen well, it. Well, there's yeah. an old saying, evil prospers when good men do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, listen, if you want to change politics, be a, be a believer, be strong, and get involved. Yeah. Yes. you got to get, get in the ring. But, uh, you know, this list, uh, you know, I, I said, uh, if you're not praying for leaders, those in authority, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, number four was the, the media, especially social media, is not your friend. Yeah. It's not your friend. Yeah. Stop hanging out with bad friends. Yeah. You know, First Corinthians 13, uh, 1533, where Paul said, listen, <laughs> evil communication corrupts good manners. Yeah. You, you you become who you hang around. Bad association man, corrupts good character is, an, is another. Yeah, tra- bad association corrupts good character. Is another and, translation of, of that. Yeah, I have to. For me, this is for me. Yeah. I have to stay off social media yeah. for two reasons. Number one, because when I read things, I'm very very tempted to respond, yeah. and I'm and, and it's then not going to renew your mind, <laughs> and, and it's not going to be good. So I, I I can't afford to read it. Because I yeah. see people that I love, that love me, that love our church, that love each other, saying things that are just so unloving. Mm. And I'm just like, I cannot subject myself to that. Besides, I'm very likely to comment. And as soon as I enter into the fray, gloves are off, and it's a mess. Every time I've proven it, so I cannot do it. I've got to stay and, away. And trust me, I mean, there are many times that I would like to comment, you know, but instead of commenting, I just pray for the situation because yeah. that, that, that's the best thing yeah. because, you know, it's even when mm-hmm. I think my comment might actually, you know, tone things down, but then it might fire somebody else up as yeah. well. So it's, you know, you'll, you, you'll tone down 50%. Yeah. And you'll fire up 50%. Yeah. That's just how it is. And, and that's the thing, you know, if you can't keep your mouth closed, then maybe you just need to ignore that situation. Right. You know, right. I'm not saying, you know, social media is of the devil, you know, but sometimes but they devil's on there. He, <laughs> there are devils on there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, you know, there's obviously some manipulation and stuff, you know, that kind of thing. And that's a whole nother, yeah. another subject, but, but, you know, it can be a tool as well. Now, one thing obviously with social media, I mean, you know, it's been a free Avenue for a, a lot of churches to be able to proclaim the gospel, at least at this right. time, you know, cause a lot of churches didn't have any other source to go mm-hmm. online except for, you know, Facebook live, you know, and yeah. so, you know, so in and Facebook Live's going off. Yeah, is so, it? Is it really? Yeah, yeah, they're going to eliminate Facebook Live. Yeah. So, and that's you know, coming up in the next month or so, a couple of months. 
So we just got word of that. I, I, so I, that's I, that's a drag. I, I, I didn't know that, but you know, yeah, my media guy just told me that the other day. So. And, and that's why that we have Big our own, own internet television channel, um, Rayma TV, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and so you can always watch us on Rayma TV or right now on YouTube live as long, long as that lasts on the yeah. Rayma USA channel as well. Well, know. the the last thing that I said to the congregation when I addressed it, I said. Uh, because they're, well, I'll, I'll just read it. I said, I'm not called of God to speak to political issues. Yeah. I am held accountable by God to speak to moral issues. Mm-hmm. If, if, a, if, a, if a moral issue crosses the line and is also political, so be it. Can't help that. Yeah. You know? Like abortion. You know, I spoke out on abortion for three weeks prior to the election. And people are like, well, why'd you do that? Because it's an election? I said, well, of course. <laughs> of course I did because it's an election. This is a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, the equivalent of 16, the population, total population of 16 states in the United States have been aborted since 1973. It's a moral issue that is a political platform. Exactly. To perpetuate exactly. evil. Absolutely. So, so if it is a... If it is a moral issue and also political, I'm going to speak out on it yeah. because I because I have to. And then I just told him, I said, listen, if you want to know my heart, you ask me. Don't ask anybody else what's in Pastor's heart. If you have a question about what's in my heart, what I think about something, you ask me. Because that's the only legitimate way to have communication. Go to the source. Yeah. Talk to the person. Hear their heart. Because I'll tell you, I don't think I have a a racist bone in my body. You know, with what I've, what I've navigated through with my church, uh, the way I, I care about these issues, I, I say I don't think, because I'll tell you, you can find things hidden in the recesses of your, yeah. of your mind that yeah. you didn't think were there. So the possibility is there, but I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, it was funny because uh, we, have, we have a lady in our church, she and her husband uh, are, are leaders, and she works for Pepsi-Cola, and she actually does uh, some sensitivity training for Pepsi-Cola with some of the executives and that kind of thing. So I had her come in and do that for our leaders, just talk through some of these issues. So then at, at the end of it, we had some, uh, some Q&A time, and she and I kind of bantered a little bit about some of the issues. And I said, so let me ask you a question, uh, Rachel. Uh, when you hear me say... I don't see color. Is that a good thing or not a good thing? Because to me, it seems like a, uh, a a noble thing. I don't see color. And I went I went on a golf outing, Myrtle Beach. There were sixteen of us. I was the only white guy. Had more fun than you could imagine. It was just a blast. And I I said that many times during I don't see color. She goes, No, it's actually not a good thing to say. And I said, well, why is that? Explain that to us because my context is not grabbing that. I I don't understand. She goes, well, listen, I'm I'm black. It's who I am. It's a big part of my life. It makes up a lot of my experience. So what we hear when you say that is you don't see us. Mm -hmm. You're looking past us. And we understand what you mean by it. But you need to understand what we hear is that. We don't matter. Mm. I said, well, that, you know that would never be my intention. She goes, no, I know. 
But that's that's where these kind of discussions are so important to just sit down with people and just say, so what do you hear when I say that? So I said this and and uh, you say, okay, let me tell you what I heard you say. And you feed back to each other. It's a phenomenal way to learn. Well, and it's the problem is, though, with that, with even with something like that, in, in, these, in this polarized political culture mm. we live in where we're so manipulated. Totally. We, we lose the ability or even the thought mm. to extend each other grace. Right and and to and the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the that's the tragedy. It is, it, and it hurts as a pastor. Listen, if you're if you're if you're a pastor, and you're walking through these things, and somebody sends you a really nasty letter, calls you a racist, and they'll never darken the door of a church pastor by a white guy ever again. And I'm like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not just. I'm going to fight this thing out. I'm going to let's sit down. I'm going to argue with you about that. That's not the point. It hurts. Yeah. It's like you've not even talked to me. Let let's talk about this. Yeah. And I have gotten those letters. I've gotten those emails. I've gotten, you know, these kind of correspondence that I'm lumped into this category. And it's not because of anything I've said. It's because of what you may think without yeah. talking to me. Yeah. Hear my heart. Yeah, that's why I said it's important. You, you need to know somebody's heart. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes maybe we don't say the correct words or the correct words or, or the words that you think we should say. Mm-hmm. But if you know my heart, th- then you know, you know, I, I didn't mean to ever offend you or ever to to make light or to say something wrong, you know, about you. I mean, there there are sometimes too. I mean, you know, I know with. You know, when it comes to social media or even a text message, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know one time my wife asked me something, I text back the word "fine," meaning, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> meaning okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. And, and then she's like, "So you don't care?" Like, "Fine, fine." You know, you know. So she didn't, she didn't, she, she didn't hear okay. Uh-huh. You know, she she thought it was like, "Fine, do that. I don't care." But you, you I mean, I don't want you to do it, but do it anyway. But that's not what I said. I just said fine. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I was in yeah. the middle of a meeting. You know, some. I mean, I, I've answered a few texts here here in this podcast. Yeah, and, me, and, me too. And, sure. and, and so, so there's sometimes we're busy. You know, our minds. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to think. You know, we're, you know, we multitask all the time. Sure. And so, so you know, I should have said okay, but but I thought fine. I mean, it, it's okay, honey. You know, do, yeah. do, do whatever. <laughs> you know, you know and, and she took it offensive. Yeah. And yeah. There, there are sometimes that, that we write things. I know somebody talked to me, I mean, within the last year, and they were reading someone's Facebook where someone was giving a testimony about how God had blessed them. And like I said, 2020 wasn't a good year for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, when they read that, well, they're rubbing it in because they know my year has been a bad year. And uh-huh. so, so it's like, it's like, they took offense to this guy because this guy's trying to give a testimony how how, mm-hmm. how God blessed them, you know, in the spite of some adverse situations, and they they got offended, yeah. you know. And, and I, actually, that goes to a book that my father has is you know about about what avoiding the trap of offense. The trap of yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. You know it's, I mean, you, you can you can if you want the digital copy, you can get that on Amazon, you know, Kindle store or. Or Apple iBook Store right right mm-hmm. now, or you can go to our, our <laughs> website and rayma.org/slash bookstore 
in order there as well. Well, but, for some people, offense has become like an Olympic sport. You yeah, know? I mean, I mean, they, you know, they may be offensive, but they, I mean, they get offended by everything. And, and sometimes but, I wonder, are they really offended because they know my heart? Or I just, you know, it's popular to be offended, so you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Or they're looking for someone to feel sorry for them because they say they're offended. I don't know. I mean, right. You know, I, I, I never intentionally offend, you know, a lot of, you know, anyone, but sometimes we as, as pastors and even teachers, and you know, we say things that people get offended. Listen, one, one time I was, I I was preaching on something. I don't remember what it was. And I made that, I made a statement. It's a quote that you've probably heard. You know, I, uh, I, I complained that I had no shoes and then I saw someone had no feet. I don't know if you've ever heard that, yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I had no idea that there was a visitor in my church that day whose daughter had lost her foot. Yeah, and I mean, they came up to me after, and they were so offended that I would make a joke like that. And it wasn't a joke; no. it was it was a statement. And it was like, uh, I mean, come on, man, I've got pretty good filters on what I say. No. But how would I know? And I, I, I wouldn't have said that. You got to know me. If you knew yeah. me, if I'd known that you were in that situation, I would have never said that. Not in a million years. No. You know. But, but people do. They get offended very, very easily. We're thin-skinned. We wear our feelings on our sleeve. Our culture is actually uh, mentoring us to be that way. Yep. Everything in our culture is get mad. Uh, uh, about about everything and it's like you know we we got to get past that love love does not uh make a uh, a record of a suffered wrong yeah you know read first corinthians 13 over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and say i'm going to live this way because you know what first corinthians 13 is between 12 and 14 newsflash yeah. <laughs> chapter 12 and 14 are all about the the move of the holy ghost and if you don't have chapter 13 in between those two, you believe in God for a move of God, and you don't have chapter 13 in between, power don't work. You're just yeah. a bunch of noise. Yeah. You're a noisy yeah, right. hair dryer. Yeah. A lot of noise, not very effective. Well, like, well, it says clanging cymbal. And I don't, I don't right. know, you know, I actually happen to be a percussionist. It's been a long time. But, um, you know. <laughs> I did not know that yes. about you. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and so when I was That's younger, um, just, you know, like a, a kid doesn't like to practice or whatever, so I was playing football or some other sport, and mm. you know, so it gets late. My mom's like, "You need to practice," so I decided I'm going to practice in the morning time. <laughs> and um, playing the drums, I have the opportunity to play cymbals, and so oh, I just, you know, and a drummer can play loud and can play not as loud, sure. you know, how, how they feel like, you know, and, and then um, so then there's also different tools we have as a drummer. You know, we we have mallets you know we have our normal sticks and and, and mm-hmm. we have mallets and we also um, have brushes and brushes yeah yes. yeah and so but i would purposely hit my cymbals a lot louder in the morning time mainly i wasn't caring about bothering anyone else except my sister i mean if you want to the matter <laughs> you know a clanging cymbal and it's it's sure. it, it can be that's very noisy loud, very noisy yeah and so um my dad's like can you maybe use those brushes? <laughs> I said no. I, I I need to have the feel, you know. So, oh, Lord. so but but you know, yeah. you know, we have a lot of irritating Christians, you know, in in the world, you know, that are being irritating because they don't have love. Mm-hmm. That's all. And, and we can all be irritating out of ignorance. Yes, we can all be that way. Yeah, and that's why you know I've really committed to learning. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to understand. Yes, I don't have to. You, I don't have to agree. 
we're not after agreement. I'm, I'm after understanding. Understanding, yeah. And uh, when, when you approach things that way, you're going to make a big difference. And uh, we've shown that in our church because we've really bridged a lot of gaps. And I highly recommend people get that, uh, that book and maybe just go on, uh, you know, I don't know, it's on audio, audio book or oh, one yeah, of those yeah. things, but Miles McPherson on the third option because it's all about the whole race issue. We've got a number of people going through it on a Zoom, uh, kind of a, uh, uh, we've got a moderator and they're taking a group through that book. And I'll tell you what, I've got some people that are going through that that were pretty pretty set because they've been so hurt, the racial issues, they've been so hurt. And on the other side of it, they're saying, man, I've seen a lot of things improperly. And this mm-hmm. book really helped me understand. And boy, they had to repent. They got right with God. It's It's been an eye-opening thing for them, so I highly recommend it. And uh, it's helped us out, helped our church out a lot. That's so, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you know, uh, obviously, I guess, especially in Michigan, twenty twenty, you know, with the whole COVID thing, has has been a challenge, I'm oh. sure, for you guys, you know, as well, and what you know, regulations, and then you know, mm-hmm. you, you guys got hit with them, you know, some of that oh, stuff man. too. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not an easy time to be a pastor. I mean, people think it's really easy yeah. to be a pastor, you know, but well, some know. of the studies that have been done, 70% of pastors are seriously considering walking away from their church right now. Wow. 70%. Mm, that's, mm, that's horrible. Now, it doesn't mean they will, yeah. you know, but they seriously have considered walking away. Because, you know, listen, mask, no mask. Social distance, no social distance. Open, close. I had people write to me back in uh, uh, April, May, and they said, because I closed in March and didn't have a backbone, to stand up against government when we have the right to assemble and separation church and state, they're leaving my church. I got to go, I got to find church where the pastor's got a backbone. So then we opened up the end of May and I got letters. We're leaving the church. That's not sensitive to people (laughs) uh, because you opened up and then we didn't require masks. You know, you can wear them. We got, we got hand sanitizer everywhere. We're going to socially distance, but because you're not requiring a mask, we're, we're, we're leaving the church. And then somebody says, if you require a mask, if you start doing that, we're leaving the church. And I'm like, how can I be right on anything? Yeah, I yeah. speak out on abortion, and I got people mad at me for speaking out on an issue that was political, and they're leaving the church. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what do, you, what do you want from me? And, you know, you know? I think as a pastor, you know, we have the same stance we always have. Come as you are. You know, however you feel comfortable to worship, you come and yeah. worship that way. If, if you know, that's why we open our complete balcony. If you, if you if you want to sit way away from everybody, and you know, you, you can be 100 feet, well, maybe not 100 feet, but you can be you can be 25, <laughs> you can, pretty you, close. You, you can be mm. pretty far away from from other other folks. Certainly, you know, and you know, if, if you know, there is no mask. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask. You know, we, we want to please the anti-maskers, the pro-maskers, the in-between maskers, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, wh- who was that mask man? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, if, if you want to wear a mask, look like, look like um, the Long Ranger, you can do that. If you want to wear a, look like Batman, you're more than welcome to show up. <laughs> Just come to church, you know, and, and if you don't feel comfortable coming to church, you know, we are online. You, you can, you please join with us on, online sure. as well. I mean, you know, however you want to join with us, you know, we just invite you to join. I mean, you know, part about it is. Just, just get here somehow, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no and, doubt. And you know, as a pastor, it's really hard to you know because, you know, we try to please. We we want to please everybody, 
I mean, you know, we would like to, but, but you can't just do that. So you, you know. can't. You can't, but never, never in the 37 years that I've pastored my church, it'll be 37 years in May, yeah. uh, I've, I've, I've never lived through something like this. I mean, you, you'll go through seasons where, yeah. you know, some people don't agree, some do. When every building we've moved to, you know, this is, I think, our fourth building in 37 years. Yeah. Every building we've moved to, we've had people leave the church because they didn't think we needed to go to a new, new building. Yeah. You know, they didn't like the location. They didn't like how much money we spent, you know, stuff like that. And I get that, but that's just a little handful. You know, it's not it's not the majority. It's not like split 50-50. But right now, I mean, everything is 50-50 down the, down the line, whether it's a race issue, whether it's a, a mask issue, whether it's, you know, the, the uh, – uh, the the vaccination, you know, you, man, you can't say yeah, anything can't about say anything, anything yeah. or you've got 50 percent of your people mad. Hmm. Yeah, I, so. I, I think we need to add to your list here. I think, <laughs> oh, no. You know, you know some, something, I mean, and, no. and I, I'm, I'm joking about it, but I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that more people in the church should be praying for their pastors and associate pastors or youth pastors, the, the people, Certainly. The, the pastors, you know, yeah, the, the, ones make, the ones making decisions because, it is really tough right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are some churches, especially you have to understand as a pastor of a church, if your business and your livelihood is being affected, you're making less money, then it means you're giving less money. The church has less money. I mean, you know, it's 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 not an easy season. Now, huh. obviously, mm-hmm. we, we know, we, we learn here at Raymond Bible Training College, rbtc.org. If, if you're out there and you want to learn more about the Bible, feel called to the ministry, rbtc.org. Find out about Raymond College Weekend coming up um, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. You know, um, you can you can go there and find out more information. But we, we learn to trust God in, in, in even trying times and different mm-hmm. things like, like that. But uh, I believe that more church members should be praying for their pastors. Absolutely. We talk about praying for our rulers, you know, our mm-hmm. governors and, and we pray, you know, but not just a, not just the main pastor, because we mm-hmm. know, you know, I'm not making all the decisions. You're not making all the decisions. I mean, you know, you know, you know, there's a lot of decisions that we have to make that, that affect a lot of people. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's very important. I mean, you know, obviously too, um, you guys have, a school. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's a whole nother thing. I mean, you know, we here at Rama, we, you know, we, we have Rainbow Training College. Then we have the Oklahoma's largest daycare here. So, yeah. and so, um, you know, the health department now, now when it comes to the church, um, you know, here in Oklahoma, you know, they pretty much say, well, you're a church, you have the right to do whatever you want to do. But when it comes to Oklahoma's daycare system, well, the Oklahoma Health Department decides yeah, what right. you're going to do. Same in Michigan. You know, and mm-hmm. when it comes to our our, our college, um, basically, they, this is basically what they said. You can do what you wanted to do, but if you do something wrong, we're, we're going to expose you to the press mm-hmm. <laughs> and make you something. They didn't yeah, say great. that in a nutshell, but they yeah. pretty much implied yeah. it. Like it or not. I mean, that's just that's just politics. Yep. So, so the health department says, you know, you know, this is what we suggest most colleges do, and, you know, we're not going to tell you you have to do it because you're not a publicly funded, you know, college. Right. right. Um, but we will let you know if there's an outbreak in, in your area, we are going to pretty much let the press know what's going on. We're going to blame you. You know, so, so <laughs> right. and they'll probably do it to, our, yeah. to a church as, as well. But, but, you know, man, mm-hmm. you know, especially at this time, but all times, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, because you never know what your pastor's going through. And, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're, you're, you're in a church right now and your your pastor, you don't know that they're, considering getting out of ministry or, or doing something different 
um, because their messages don't seem that. But mm-hmm. we, you know, but I mean, it's it's a time that we need to be praying for our our our, our, our church leaders. And, well, if yeah. you consider that verse in Second Timothy two, you know, he, he literally does say, "Pray for leaders, leaders. leaders. and those in authority, yeah. Yeah. all those in authority." So, I mean, yeah, that covers it. And yeah. uh, I can tell when I'm being prayed for. Yeah. I, I really can. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make the problems go away. Yes. But uh, you know, the main thing I need prayer for is number one, stamina, and wisdom. Yeah. Pray, pray that I have wisdom because mm-hmm. I, I want to make the right decision. Yeah. I, I pray that I never make a decision that's based on uh, just because that's what I want. That's my hard head. You know. In, in fact, when it came to the mask thing, I said, "Listen, I may have this wrong." So I called a meeting with some of my my main leaders, even within that diversity group, and and I asked them. I said, "Let's talk about this. I want to hear all sides of this." And on the other side of that, I had to come to a conclusion. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I don't want to operate out of wisdom. I want to operate with wisdom, and uh, I mean that's my heart. Yeah. So if you go to my church, I pray you know my heart. I mean, I've given 37 years, so somebody ought to know my heart around there by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so anyway. Yeah. It's interesting. So, well, I guess, you know, that's about all the time we have for, for today's podcast. Once again, if you're going through a transition, if you don't know what maybe you should do, Rama Bible Training College, what might be a great option for you right now, whether you're 18 or whether you're 65. I and mean, we have people at all ages. In fact, we were going through the stats just yesterday. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of, kind of um, you know, interesting that, that we are actually having some, you know, we kind of went through a phase where a lot of our students were more younger, but now we're, we're kind of creeping up in, in, into the, you know, the 22 to 35 stat. I mean, you know, it's, you know, hmm. it's kind of, which is a little bit more that? than college age. Um, you know, because for a while, it was 18 to 22 was kind of our biggest group. And I think it was 18 to 35 makes up 62 percent. So, yeah. so almost 40 wow. percent are over that threshold. That's yeah. another way to look at it. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, we have a, a lot of diversity. You yeah. know, you know, here at our training college, but rbtc.org. If you if you go there, you can find information about Rama. You can um, give us your information, and 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 we'll um, we'll, um have someone call you and talk to you about Rama, tell you. All the things are going on, you know, but we're going to end today's broadcast like we did in every broadcast. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Jerry for coming and, and sharing his heart, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's always good to, to hear from the heart of a pastor, yeah. you know, someone who, who really cares. I mean, there, there's some people I wonder, yeah. why are you pastoring? But, you know, but, but Jerry yeah, you. really cares, you know, he's a, you know, it, it comes out, I believe in the podcast and how much he cares about his congregation and, you know. You, you guys at, at Grace Christian Church, I mean, you're, you're, you're blessed. You're blessed to have a really good pastor like Pastor Jerry. Thank you. So wonderful to, to have you. But, you know, like I said, once again, if you have any kind of questions or any kind of comments, um, podcast at rhema.org, let us know about what's going on. And we want to give a shout out to the people who live in Malta. I just, someone gave me some podcast stats, and we're, and we're ranking pretty good in, in Malta. And so if you, if you happen to be in Malta, you know, we're saying hello from Oklahoma. Yeah. All right. But we're going to end today's broadcast like we never broadcast. Here at Rainbow, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing to the world. God bless you guys.